0: This transformation table works with Trotsgeborg Max MaxFlex Cables.
1: You are listening to the Transformation Table, where we talk about God's business. Good morning everybody that's uh, on Zoom this morning. Um, people that's going li- to uh, listen and download the podcast later, and also the people on Ad radio. Welcome to our Transformation Table Zoom meeting this morning. And um, Chris, can I ask you to just open with prayer for us this morning, if you don't mind, please?
0: Yes, thank you, Father. Father, we just want to worship you this morning and exalt your holy name. Father, we come together to talk about our communities and transformation and to help our people and to rebuild the walls, the broken walls of our society Father, but we're also honored and privileged to be part of such a great move. Father, even the prophetic word that was spoken over South Africa, that the fire will start in South Africa and it will burn right up into Africa. I believe this is it, Father, and we are honored and privileged to be part of it. Father, we just want to commit this meeting into your hands and just pray for the moving and the Leading in the guidance of your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you, Chris. Um, Chris, I wonder if I can ask you just a short uh you said you're on fire after <laughs> the visit with with Arnu and 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 was John with, with Arnu? Um
0: when yes, they yeah, John was, yeah, they were staying with me. They first um they came down on um uh, Saturday morning. Um as um they had another appointment in um uh, Robertson in Robertson um so we went through to Shwelechle on Saturday morning which is quite a big um community in Armanis. um I couldn't actually believe it's so big you know um because Armanis is a, a congested town you you don't have much space to expand because it's lying between uh, the main road and then the mountain. And, um, we had the meeting there and, um, there was, there was a big resistance against this whole thing. Although it was well advertised, I actually, we bought uh, 200 hot dog rolls. We brought coffee. We brought tea. We brought everything. And, um, the people that were there played such a, uh, played such a major a role within the community, like the colonel from saps was was there, and um the the one guy that used to be the um deputy mayor was there, and we had one or two pastors, but we were a small group, but you know this is so amazing um Arne immediately identified what was the problem because there's a lot of um <clears throat> crime in that area um you know poaching. Perlamun poaching, excuse me, syndicates that's operating in that area. And um, there's a lot of, um, you know, witchcraft um, in the sense of, um, you know, uh, forefather uh, praying to the forefathers, very strong in that area. And so we did warfare. We did radical warfare in that area. We got together and we just started breaking these forces. And, um, then afterwards, what we did with all those hot dog rolls, we went and handed out to the community. We walked in the community and handed out. But now this is so good. Um, yesterday I got a, a, a audio message from, um, my right hand man in, um, uh, Shwelechle, uh, Lupulapu. And he said to me, my brother, you won't believe what happened. You went to speak to the fraternal, um, in Shwelechle. And they they absolutely open up to time to rise. And they want me to come and bring a presentation to the fraternal. So you see what happened. It opened the corridor for me to now go in. So it was imperative that we had to break these forces that was over this place. So now I've got a stepping stone to go into the place to go and speak to these people. Now we must just trust that out of this, uh, there's going to come more um, people that would be interested in time to rise, especially from the community. But it is a place where um, Arna even said that um, uh, he's he's setting up a team of um, intercessors that um, specifically prays against these forces. Um, they specialized intercessors, if I can put it that way, because it's not all of us that can fight these, um, strongholds that is over these communities. Um, so this is going to be an ongoing process, but at least now the corridors opened up for me. And then, um, the Saturday evening, we went to Living Waters Church in Hermanas, which was absolutely amazing. Um, the people just, it was like sponges. They just absorbed everything Arnu and John said. Um, we still had a supper appointment the evening. <laughs> I couldn't get Arnu and John to get out of the meeting so that we could get to our supper appointment. But I mean, this is important. Um, the people want to speak to them. And, um, then, uh, the Sunday morning, he sp- uh, spoke at the Umkir church here in Hansby, which was also just amazing. But, you know, one thing I must say, you know, if I look at Arno and John, and especially Arno, that is actually the spearhead of this whole movement. You know, I, I just stand amazed at this man, the sacrifice he makes, the time he puts in. You know, he, they drove all the way from Bloomford Day to Hansby. We're talking over a 1,000 kilometers just one way, and then a 1,000 kilometers back a weekend. The sacrifice these people put in just to go and, uh, tell the people about a time to rise and the humility of arnu It's, it's just absolutely amazing. He's such an example to all of us. You know, there's a scripture that says where Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm telling you, we can follow this man. Um, I've never seen him, um, being it's, it's about himself and trying to build his own empire. It's just about God, his kingdom, and he loves the people of South Africa and he loves South Africa. So that was in the nutshell what actually happened. But, um, I believe there's going to come amazing things out of this whole meeting as we're going to be progressively, um, going forward, um, in, in the region in building teams to rebuild the walls of our communities.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah, um, I I see personally in, in you know in in my mind and I and I shared it with Peter over the weekend. We had a a campfire. Uh, we had a, a men's camp, but uh, we we spent some time on the road driving there, and I said to him, uh, Arnu and John is becoming a power team. You know, they're becoming a power couple. Um, and and the love that they share between each other and bounce off each other uh, uh, Simon was talking about it earlier the love because that's what happened in that community you know they felt uh, your you know, uh, uh there's something about giving some somebody something to eat you know there's there, there's a change of heart when uh, when when and, and even uh, i'm i'm a RDoC fan so uh, you know you you will you will you will um, uh, you'll get me with mordok but um it is that love of just going out and and treating um, somebody to something nice to eat. That uh, and of course the most important part of that is the prayer. But I'm saying what I want to say is I don't know. John is making a power team, uh, and and uh, it's it, we we need to keep our eye on it. You know, we're gonna we're gonna look back on this in a, in a, in a year or so's time and say, wow, is that what happened? You yeah. know. So um, I'm hoping I'm hoping for that.
0: And Can I just say something? Um, you know, the other day I was thinking of, you know, Bucky's Booter and uh, Victor Matfield years ago. They called it the Blood Brothers. Yeah, I see the same sort of thing. They're like Blood Brothers, you know. It's It's just so beautiful to see them working together. Yeah, oh, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's like... It's like the Blood Brothers times ten, because they don't work in physical power, they work in spiritual power. So yes, I like that. What a what a beautiful name that guy's got. Lupu Lupulalu. Lupulapu. Is that what you said? You're right, that man.
0: Yeah, Lupulapu.
1: That's it. Lupulapu. Yeah, what a beautiful name. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I I invited uh Yuan this morning. Thank you, Juan, for making time for us. Um and, and, and there's many reasons why I asked Johan to um to come and share with us a little bit. Um uh I met Johan at the at the three hundred camp. Um I think we I think we sat next to each other and um you know um he's an impressive guy with what he's done through his life and luckily he's still young, so there's lots of things that can that you're still gonna do, Johan. But um, you know, the wisdom is what we are gonna be um feeding off. To to make this happen and make this work, um, but also because Johan on is actually the, uh, in the education, well not actually you're in the education field, you're on you can maybe share with us. Um, but you're also in one or one or two of the other groups the, of the 24 uh, time to rise groups, and it will be nice to get a little bit of a, a, a feed over from from what is what is happening in the other groups. Um, And then, of course, I'm I'm posing all the questions to you straight away, and then you can go through them as you please. Um, And then, of course, you guys are doing something special uh, once a month on Saturday mornings uh, at the Union Buildings. So if you can share with us a little bit of what's happening there.
2: Um, Thank you, Johan. Thank you. Thank you, Menzo. And again, uh, it's a privilege to be with you guys uh, this morning. Uh, Thank you for inviting me. I actually didn't set my alarm clock and the Lord woke me up two o'clock this morning and said, listen, it's Thursday morning, uh, and you haven't listened to Arno's, uh, <laughs> Arno's uh, message. So I was listening to the message between two and three this morning. And uh, just to make sure that uh, my brother and I am still on the, on, on, the, on the same page, um, because I think you can easily get sidetracked now, um, and that's what we keep on telling each other, is we need to be united in spirit, and um and we need need to, yeah we really need to be on the same page because the devil and his uh, cronies will try and bring the division amongst us and uh, that is one of the things that we've been saying right from the start is we need to be and stay united um, we don't need to agree with everything but we need to stay united and I think that will probably be our, our biggest challenge uh, as as we go okay so um. Menza has already actually uh, mentioned that uh, I'm from education. I started my education career in 1982, uh, was in education for 22 years, then moved out for 15 years, and the Lord had other plans, and he brought me back for the last six years. I'm actually sitting here as a retired um, school principal, but can I say um I didn't have time to retire retire. I rewired and refired. So yeah, the Lord has other plans. Uh, and of course we don't read about retirement in the in part, So I'm just uh, you know, just heading for for, for what is um, what is coming. And um yeah, I just got very excited about the time to rise. Um, it's very interesting how the Lord actually brought um Arna and myself together and um and and we just uh, right from the start, sort of, uh, you know, on on one mind and one spirit. And then a very interesting thing happened is um, after the Senegal incident, um, I contacted John. Uh, uh, and I said, listen, I just need to, um, I just need to go and visit John. And uh, and then uh, uh, three of us went down, and we actually conducted a course in in Senegal. It's called the Interactive Bible Discovery Course. And uh, that's where where John and I sort of got to know each other better. So the Lord had plans that time already. And I wasn't even, at that time, time to rise was not even on the horizon. So, uh, yeah. So, so currently, um, I'm coordinating the uh, education sector. And I think all of us will agree that the education sector is actually a very important sector. Um, there was a time just after ninety four where we referred to a school as the centre of community life. Um, when uh, we were in uh, in in Wilfontein community in January, I actually had to decide between three of the sectors. Uh, and that was the community one, the education one, and um, and the business. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about that how it actually connects. But just to, to bring that into perspective, uh, after leaving education, uh, I was uh, I was working as a, uh, advisor, uh, financial advisor, business advisor, and uh, and and through all that, um, I had to learn that the Lord had a plan. And actually, part of the plan is is joining all these um, experiences for a time like this. Um, Something that really started to to uh, Lord started to talk to me in uh, 2011 about was actually the poverty in the country um, through uh, uh, Isaiah 61, and um, and 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 I was uh, I was just starting to, to to to. to 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 say that um, this is something that we really need to address. Um, so I don't know if you, you know your sir 61, but it's that verse that starts that says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me uh, because he has anointed me to uh, preach good news to the poor. And in 2017, the Lord just worked it in such a way that I came back to education after experiencing retrenchment at the age of 58 and uh, through that the lord taught me actually that um this thing of um we sometimes get stuck uh with ideas and we say but this can't happen this can't happen now uh, 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 we know and we talk amongst each other a 50 year old white guy getting getting uh, retrenched at that age, there's no chance. But uh, let me just tell you that was just the way, the Lord's way to show me that in Him anything is possible. Anything is possible. I got appointed at a farm school where the majority of the learners come from informal settlements here in Pretoria, just outside Pretoria, um, by a, uh, a black SGB school governing body. And they said, this is the man we want, a white guy. I was the only white on, the, on the on the premises for six years. So that just broke this whole idea of, you know, um, this can't happen, this can't happen. The Lord, if he wants you at the place, he'll place you where he needs you. And this is exactly what happened. And I didn't understand why. Um, why did he place me there? I remember the first day sitting in that office and asking myself, what am I doing here, Lord? I actually spoke to the Lord and said, Lord, I'm here now. What am I doing here? from business. I've been out of education for 15 years. This is a miracle. What now? And actually through that experience, I had to realize that he wanted to teach me more about poverty. That, that I read in 2011 already. He wanted to teach me from poverty, uh, uh, poverty because mm-hmm. uh, the majority, 90, 95% of those letters came from informal settlements. And I had to go through an experience to really get a heart and a passion and a empathy for people living in poverty. So I'm very passionate, means uh, about community and community life. And um, and this is something that that I really feel very strongly about. Um, I think we know that more than 50, 52% of youth between the ages of 18 and 35 is are currently unemployed in this country. And I keep on saying that's unacceptable. Um, Even at the school, we had a program, they called it the Presidential Youth Employment Program. Um, Those youth were people that were sitting with degrees, with diplomas, they were actually sitting at home. And unfortunately there was a program that actually brought them back into education as a way of just getting these People, young people um, employed in a way. They've got a stipend, but it just sort of got them in this discipline of, of getting up in the morning, going somewhere. You know, just just knowing that I have a purpose. I, at least for this day, I have a purpose. So, so that is really where my heart and my passion is 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 addressing this issue of of unemployment. Um, so what we've gone through a process in the educational sector um we've got a group of people. I must say that the education uh just counted here uh, yesterday telegram group uh, has now twenty two hundred and ten members that have already joined and I can tell you every day people are joining um, that's the exciting part of this um, and then out of that we've actually um we have a few volunteers that said, no, but I want to be more actively involved in finding solutions for education. And we know there's huge challenges. Um, so we've uh, gone through a process where we uh, actually uh, just went back and said, okay, let's let's see what the Department of Education, what they really want for education. And we uh, took the uh, reports and, 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 that, and we analyzed that. And we said, but... Guys, you've got all these nice visions, ambitions, and objectives, and all this, but we're not nearly getting to those things. And and we had to start asking ourselves the question: Why? not? Um, why are we not getting to this? Um, and I think it's it's uh, there's a lot of things. It's uh, it's basically some you know uh, even the teachers um, are tired. My, I spoke to my staff so many times, and I said to them, you know, even when uh, just before I left, I said, listen. Um, I started to promote time to rise to them. And I said, listen, don't you th- guys, you know, that basic question, don't you think it's time for change? And then they will say, of course, sir, there's, we need change. And then I'll ask them why. They said, we're just tired. We're tired of all the crime. tired of all these things. If I have to tell you um, some things that happened to my staff, um, and, and this is a little bit on the negative side, but I think we need to to be honest about what is happening in the country. You know, some of my staff, they were traveling together uh, in, in a, in a, uh, to, to school um, in a vehicle one morning. When the taxi guys, some of the taxi guys stopped them and said, listen, you can't, uh, you're taking our, uh, our, our clients here. You know, they forced that vehicle to go to the ATM and draw a thousand rand. And, and those staff came, came to school. They were traumatized. They were traumatized. And I said look, guys this is this is not on, and fortunately, I had the numbers of some of the um, of some of the uh, uh, people can, in the authority uh, in victoria that can make these kind of decisions and they they just went out and they stopped them immediately um because this is this is not on so so talking about the uh, the the intro to this morning you know, talk about the timing. Um, and I think this is what makes Arna getting up, uh, John and Arna getting up and driving a thousand kilometers, Chris, to Hansby. and I've been fortunate to be at Hans and do some training at Hans many years ago. Um, but but that, I think, is what drives them, is they see the signs of of what is happening. Um, and I think this is what we all have to, that, that needs to motivate us, the fact that we need change, and people know we need change. You know, if I ask that question, when do we need change? They say, like yesterday, <laughs> not even tomorrow. It's yesterday. Um, so yes, people are fed up, and uh, and and we know the Proverbs forty two verse. You know, the righteous, if the righteous rule, um, people are people are happy, they're joyful. But if the unrighteous, uh, they start complaining, and just listen to the people complaining that uh, just listen to the people complain. So education, I honestly believe, can play a, a pivotal, uh, a major role in, in uh, time to rise and, and, and changing things. So we've identified a couple of things. The, the unemployment is just one of the things. Preparing, properly preparing people for employment, making sure that they are employable. And it can start at a very young age. I'm from actually from that... That discipline of education, uh, career guidance, and and, 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 and motivating people, and, and all those testing and things of of, of determining way ways way of people's um, aptitude, but also their gifting and all those things needs to be identified at a very young age. I honestly pre- uh, believe that God has prepared people for certain careers um, through just how they were. Knitted together in the wood, in the mother's womb, womb, so of course they need some guidance and all these things. So that's that is a big concern, the unemployment. But then the other thing is, um, uh, sorry, Johan, Johan, sorry yes. to
1: interrupt. I, I I I think we have, you know, I, I, I don't want to break your speed, but I oh. I think you know we we and I think we're going to have to have another meeting, another Zoom meeting. Okay. So 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 because. Okay. Um I didn't connect this. I didn't connect because you said something to when you started off said the school is the center of the community, right? Yeah. And I didn't connect it as that yet, because in my mind, I always thought the church is the center of the community, but it is not necessarily true. My sure. question is where is the church? You know, but uh, that's another discussion. Yeah. But it is there's something that is lying very close to my heart, and I think we need to have a discussion about how to be employable. Because yeah. I personally and i'm gonna be in big trouble for this, but um i'm gonna say it as it is because I think we' are also at a time where we're gonna to have to say things as they are, you know yeah, not yeah. not idealism and we do not listen to my statement. we do not have unemployment in our country, we have unemployable people. I have told my h r lady um which is also my daughter, so she listens to me um I want to interview at least four people every week. We need to get more people. And one one of the biggest challenges uh, stopping our growth in our company is that we (coughs) do not have enough people. And my instruction is, I don't care. I'm very proud of the fact, and I've said this before, that of the 50 people that are employed in our company, each and every one of them has been taught in that company. Right. No, there's one guy that came from a, from from another company that is in the same industry as us that brought his knowledge over. But every single one, including myself, got training in what we're doing. Yeah. In and that is that is the big part of the solution. Um. So what I said to you is, I don't care if the guy doesn't have if he cannot read and write. You know, it will help a lot because we we are a little bit of a high tech industry. But if he's got a warm body and an eager mind, mm. yeah, mm. he's gonna get the he's gonna get the job. Yeah, and and um, I just want to drop this on you because I I can see your your your, your emotions are flaring up already because you, you know exactly where I'm going. But you know, can we not <clears throat> or should we not teach? How do you go look for a job? Yeah, you know? mm. it is so sad for me. The guys show up at the gate. You know, press the press the intercom. And sometimes I'll walk out because I feel really sorry. It is tough for the guys. Can you imagine you have to walk from gate to gate looking for work? You know, because there's no other plan. <clears throat> so he shows up. The guys, now what they do is they make a little group. So you've got uh, three or four or five uh, young men. Uh, they have now, because they are trying to um, motivate each other. You know, they are trying to build a little bit of camaraderie about this job that is at hand to go look look for work. Which is a mistake, because now, if you're not very careful, you come across as a little bit intimidating. You know, yeah. you're a little bit, uh, you know, you know, you, you, know uh, you know, I've got a, um, my, my son is young. They get very, um, may I use the word cocky, you know, so um, so they are, they are come across already a little bit aggressive. Yeah. Then they show up in, in, in the clothing that they think is cool, right, which I, which they I joll with on a, on, a, on a Saturday evening. Which is not the best dress for looking for a work. I'm not saying the guys would show up with suits, but dress neatly. You know, put your cap on if you're gonna have to wear a cap, put it on straight, don't put it on the side. You know. Simple things like that, that just c- creates that first impression. You know, and I and I make a couple of notes here. Um, you know, show up. It is almost always the guy shows up for his job the first day and he's late. Yeah. Cool. That's already a put. Um If you're looking for work, uh, make yourself available. I I employed a guy that worked out great. I said to him, what is your skill set? He sat there and he was scratching his head. He says, I have nothing. I have nothing. But I can see if something is dirty. I can sweep it. I said, okay, you've got the right skill set and attitude. Um, (laughs) Make yourself available. I like the stipend idea. Show up at the guy's company and say, you know what? I want to work here. Can I wash your car for free? Yeah. Give me work for a week. Yeah. Um. I, I don't personally know a businessman that will will accept that. If he sees a guy's uh, pull finger, he will give him something. Yeah. Cool. Nobody wants, nobody wants to, nobody that's got a successful business that you want to work for will want something for nothing. Right? Cool. It's not a good business bet. Cool. Um be honest with your ability. In any case, I, I just want to throw those yeah. out there, and I don't want to change your train of thought. I'm just saying we need to have another discussion, Yuan, for
2: sure. Yeah. No, so Sorry. yeah, all those things are important, man. Um, but there is also something like passion and all this. So, if you have a lot of vacancies, I've got 125 students now in the program. Uh, we can we can send them to you to to, to your uh, to your business, and perhaps uh, some of them can benefit from from being employed there. But it is true um and i think that's why it's also valuable to have these students you know in a program like we currently have or had at the school is uh where they as i said they had to get into this discipline of getting up in the morning being on time and all these things it's part and parcel of preparing this um for for employment so yeah so so currently um just to come back to the education sector and how it fits into the broader community um, is uh, we've got now the different phases, uh, the foundation phase group and then uh, the um, from there we, we have the intermediate group, the, the senior phase and the FET phase and also tertiary. Um, we've now grouped people and, and they have to come up with solutions. They have to come up with if if for instance we had a, a, a good say tomorrow we change things in education so we're starting with that program actually um I'm meeting with them this afternoon, uh, this evening, and then we'll uh, they will start working towards the end of September. We we want to see if we can have a few reports before the sixth and eighth of October. So we're setting the frame, actually, in the and the foundation for our discussions, uh, six to eight October. It will probably be more the seventh, seventh of October, um, in blue. So that's where we are currently with the with the whole educational drive, um. But yes, um, we, we, we're very optimistic and, and this is the good thing. The answers are there. The answers are there. Um, unfortunately, the, the current government and the current uh, education system has also been to a great extent been hijacked um, and have been captured. And it's unfortunate that there's all kinds of, uh, I would say liberal streams you know, pouring into our Department of Education. I think we, most of you might be aware of the CSE program, Comprehensive Sexual Education Program, that that was starting to be, be implemented at some of the schools. And senior learners, se- learners in, in in grade 11, 12 learners, were traumatized by the program. They had to remove that program. I think Chris will probably know what I'm talking about. It happened very close to where he is. But they were starting to organise this, and in, 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 um, yeah, in Pretoria, getting uh, the, our teachers uh, through training. And fortunately, it got stopped. Uh, it got halted. But you have to have your finger on the pulse to say, is it going to start tomorrow again? Or what? So there's this liberal drive. Probably, I don't know. Will tell you better because that's what his PhD was about. Is there's money behind this? Uh, you know, if if the Department of Education organises something in a four and a five star hotel, we know they don't have money. You must know the money is going from somewhere. So, um, fortunately, we caught that very early, and and we just uh, made a big thing about that. There's good alternatives to that. Um, Dr. Darlene Edwards, a mayor, has got an alternative program. She's a she's a born again believer. She she knows what she's talking about. She's been researching that for years. She's been lecturing on this in at universities and so on. So, there's very good alternatives and so also in the field of all all the other fields. So these are the things that we say need to change. Our biggest challenge is the 92% public schools. Um, 6.6%, that's what the stats tell us now, is private schools, less than 1%, um, 0.2%, I think, is uh, homeschooling. But what about the 92% uh, public schools? And I'm emphasizing the word public schools because some of us still refer to government schools. It's not a government school; it's a public school, which means the public have a say. Your SGBs have a say. Your school governing bodies have a say. And if we say 70 to 80 percent of of um, uh, this country, 70 percent of Christian believers, why are we led by a little small group in a different direction? Where are the Christians? Where are the people that need to stand up against the CSE program and other programs? Coming through our curriculum that is not Christian, that is not based on biblical values, where are the Christians? And we need to wake them up. And Time to Rise is a perfect vehicle to wake the Christians up. I think we're seeing that more um, is that the Christians are woken up. And this is exactly what we need to do. Um, and it's not that difficult. Uh, uh, I've led the education, so I can I can I, I can give you this little um, secret. How I went up, uh, uh, and it, and it's got to do with uh, with leadership, mentor, uh, and the others. It's got to do with leadership. Um, if you want something to happen, you need to take responsibility and ownership. So, when we had to let our next SGB, I simply just went to the community. Fortunately, I built a relationship with the pastors at that time in our two communities. Uh, those uh, informal settlements are two uh, communities in opposite direction. Learners come with the bus in the morning. I went to the pastor and I said, "Listen, we're having an SGB meeting one of these days. Bring your congregation, bring your people um, to the meeting, okay?" Because usually we'll have 30, 40 people, uh, parents pitching for those, for those, uh, for those meetings, and I said, "Bring your community, bring your, bring your church community. We're going to have elections." So they brought their people. Uh, our chairperson was the uh, pastor's uh, pastor's daughter. The deputy was a, another pastor. The treasurer was the friend of the pastor's daughter. That became our SGB, the core of our SGB. Christian, Christian. And and they actually started to insist and say, listen, we want Christian education at this school. It's a public school. Now, we know there were lawsuits and, uh, and uh, all these uh, court cases and things. But if you analyze the court case, um, eventually the judge said very clearly we need to listen to what the community stands for and what the community wants. And we we need to be sensitive for people that are not Christian, so just the other day, um we had a discussion about that you you can't force people to become christians we invite them, so we invite them through the curriculum, we tell them the truth, and Unfortunately, a lot of schools um even so called in the past Christian schools have 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 just become neutral on all this um and the history is very clear, you know, if you don't have a proper worldview, especially in education, um, uh, you go astray, you go somewhere else, you go neutral ground. And then you mustn't be surprised if more and more, you get more and more uh, suicides and uh, depressed young people and so on, because they've lost their purpose, they've lost their, their values, they don't know what they stand for, they don't know where, why they exist. So... So that's just, just what we did at that school. Um, we had our devotions, we have we had all those uh, things as if we were a Christian school. The law just prohibited us to write them on the walls to say this is a Christian school, but the whole ethos of the school, everything was Christian. So it is p- possible in a public school to have that kind of ethos. So um I don't know if I've answered all your questions. I didn't take the questions down, but I'm 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 quite open. I see it's six forty three now quite open for a few
1: questions, if you would. Thank you, Johan. Yes, um, let's see if the guys put their hands up. Um, the the other question I had was uh, just uh, uh, telling us what you guys do with the union buildings. Um, okay. if, you, if you don't mind just sharing with us yeah. and we'll answer. Yeah, something. that
2: was actually an initiative by Chris Smith. Um, he was praying with a group of uh, people from his church, um, at the union buildings and um and Chris was also one of the uh three hundred men that gathered at uh, at um, at Camp Unity at the end of the year and then um and, and then Chris actually uh phoned me up and he said shouldn't we just have pre meetings for for the time to rise but also in light of the six to eight October event that's that's coming. So we organized uh, a prayer event uh, on the first Saturday of each month. Uh we we were praying at the at the um I would say the north eastern gate it's close to the admin gate of the um of the union buildings. Uh fortunately I had a I have a, a very good friend Dr. Mary Siever who just stays a couple of meters from there so she's got a guest house. So she said, "Now you pray, I'll pre- I'll prepare breakfast for you." So <laughs> she uh, prepared breakfast for us every morning. But yeah, that is that was a good um, sort of way to unite in prayer. Um, on the first Saturday, we just had our last prayer meeting. Um, the the past Saturday, um, that is now before our event, six to eight October. Um, so yeah, that that was the whole purpose, and um, and then I contacted uh, contact um. Uh, Jericho walls, and they gave us a few prayer pointers. I think it was about eight or nine prayer pointers that we prayed every time we were there. And we just added uh, this time specifically the, uh, the whole issue in Swanie. Uh, I think you're aware of that uh, in Pretoria, the strikes and things going on. And then also added specifically again the four to six of uh, four uh, six to eight October event in blue. Yeah, so that that was the initiative, and um, yeah, we we're not many people, but it's not about the the numbers. Um, it was dedicated people. Um, I think at our last meeting we were, we were about eighteen, and uh, but that was good. Um, just to see those people uniting and pray, and then very important after each prayer, we would get together in a circle and say, "What did the Lord tell us? What did you hear?" Um, and and that's where you really. Um, you know uh, uh determine and know that the Lord is speaking because if you hear the same message from different people I mean they're not even praying together some of them uh, and you hear the same message, then you know you need to listen very carefully for 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 that message so that that was some of the exciting things that were happening here at the Union. <clears throat> that's
1: awesome, I think we must prepare ourselves for exciting things yeah. I think we're gonna see some 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 great things. Uh, Atman, I see you've got your hand up for a question.
3: Uh, good morning, everybody. Can you hear me? <clears throat> okay. Um, I would love you, Menzo, later to send me, please, Johan's number. I would love to have a discussion and many more questions for him because time will not allow us now in... In this this morning session, um, the issue of education. As you know, that me and freak we went through the country uh, on a tour uh, against bullying. So we went to all the schools, and for me, it was like um, from our Cape Town areas, the Cape Flats. We know the poverty and the challenges here in our school systems. And then you drive, you're going through the Karoo, and you say, yo, it is just more and more and more. And then you think, yeah, it's just only uh, about the poor people that struggle in the education system. But then you even go to the richer schools in Bloemfontein, and you discover that even there is a lot of problems. And when we went there to Krugersdorp West and to see again now that more the white people <clears throat> in that bracket of poverty and the, the teachers, they even don't know how to handle some of the social issues and stuff on the schools. So when we came back, I, I really was, because we are also doing the prisons, and working in the community, you discover that this is a whole issue that actually need to start in the education department. But we have such a lot of resistance from the schools to actually do programs in the schools. And now we are we we did a lot of research, and I'm working now with a psychologist, Lady Eileen in the community, and we tested a program, a truly godly Christian program, um, all about the body, mind, and soul, to get healed, and as Menzo also mentioned there, to be ready to go for a job. As he said, you cannot come there and you are not even ready for an interview. How will you do in the job, actually, when you get a job? So people going there just because they need the money. So it doesn't work for them. Also, so we have this problem, but still we have resistance from the schools. And there's where we need to go, Johan, and speak to the legal people because there is actually there is law for uh, that. Even for bullying, yeah. there is law for programs like this to go into the schools restorative programs instead of punishment but now they don't allow us to bring this Christian programs in the school to create prevention rather than coming into prison with a guy who is 50 or 60 years old and try to get him healed and get him on track again so the the education is really something that we need to look in more. And even today, I will join the education group also, so that we just can see how these things over over lap each other. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. I see Peter's hand is up. Yep, Go for it, Peter.
4: Yeah, thanks, uh, Minzo. Hello, uh, Johnny. My. Uh, my wife is a principal at a, at a private Christian school. And so I can echo a lot of what you're saying. And according to her, the biggest problem is not the learners, but the parents. And so earlier years, we were brought up to believe that the adults knew what they're talking about but that no longer is true. And so she is finding that they are having to use the learner programs to re-educate the parents. And so therefore I have to agree with you that absolutely that is where we have to start. We catch them when they're young. We've got to, that's where we're going to change. You know, you'd, you don't complain about the fruit on the tree you go and dig around the roots and then eventually the fruit will will change and so i just wanted to say that my second point is that uh while you were talking about a work ethic and now you pitch up for an ex- uh, interview and and so on the the work for a living program hmm. deals exactly hmm. with those issues of a work ethic, um, yeah. of a sense of entitlement, of um, ancestral worship. They deal with all of those things. So there are programs involved. And I remember yeah. a couple of months ago, I can't, I've forgotten how we were talking about it, but it was about going into the schools and letting them grow vegetables and stuff like that. I don't know if you remember those things. And so definitely this must be a focus area of uh, but uh, you know it's genuinely a case of of sowing seeds and uh, with the medium term long term outlook. Thanks uh, Johnny. Uh, Actually look I would like to know what the Lord is saying at the union buildings because I'm sure he's saying the same thing yeah where yeah. i live and uh so that's all countries.
2: yeah i can just say what uh what happened we were taking pictures and um one of the guys took a picture with a stop sign this side and the union buildings behind it it was like stop this government we need something new <laughs> so uh, yeah there's different ways of speaking to us and we pray in government street by the way so uh, can I just quickly respond, Menzo, to what Peter and uh, and Atman said? I think uh, your observations is, is absolutely correct. You know, a bullying, Atman, I can just tell you, comes from a lot of frustration um, from learners, and it's because of the the system and, the, uh, and many a times the curriculum itself. There's no purpose in that. They can't find God through the curriculum. If it's not a teacher, a born-again teacher, breaking that that purpose and that um, the the real value of a curriculum open to the learners, it just becomes neutral. And they're just in neutral ground all the time and there's nothing. There's no purpose. There's no uh, worldview. There's no clear Christian worldview that gives them the purpose. Um, And and, uh, Peter, I think you also mentioned that. um, This is what we need to bring back into the curriculum. And again, it's not going to be forcing people to become Christians. It's just going to invite them to say, This is what God intended with history. Um, It's his story. (laughs) Um, This is what God intended with science, with the creation. You know, Um, we get all these evolution stuff in, uh, which is unbiblical. It's not biblical. And uh, Basson and and a lot of people have done so much research on that. Um, uh, and, And we need to bring truth back and then say, learners, now you can take a decision with this on your plate we're inviting you uh, to become believers not forcing you to become believers I mean even Christian schools, I spoke to a principal the other day, we were in the prayer group uh, she said to me, they're even getting confronted at Christian schools to say are you trying to force Christianity down our throat so this is where the learners come from because mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of learners are in Christian schools not because of they, they want to be there their parents want them to be there so they're also getting confronted with, with, the, with the fact that Christianity should not be you know pushed down their throat so it's it 's just reality, but we know it 's invitational it 's invitational. Come and follow, come and follow jesus it 's an invitation
1: it is it is that 's a crazy story the, the The parents put their children in a Christian school because the Christian school has got discipline, it has got yeah. results it 's got uh, you know a, a, a system that works, but then they don 't want the Christian part of it and yeah. And and the, and the, crazy. And the, and the point, that is the thing that makes it work. How can you yeah. say yeah, I, yeah. Want, I want to be in a working environment? Yeah. But the reason why it's working, I don't want that. You know, it's yeah. it's it's yeah. nuts. Yeah. There, there's another there's another thing that we have, and 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 I just realised, Peter, uh, uh, Johan, we started um, the transformation table a, a, a while before time to rise. You know, and we started the transformation table. Um, because the, lay, the Lord laid in our hearts to do a little bit of education in the, in, in 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 business, you know that was yeah. the original uh, yeah. two years ago or so when we started, uh, uh, um, and and I'm realizing more and more how God put this vehicle in place yeah. to do a certain job. You know, He He prepared the vehicle already before we knew what where He's going. But there's a point that we are not touching on, and that is. It's okay if employment is okay. But the solution to our social development, our education, our uh, business is self employment. Yeah. Businesses yeah. get started. That's a whole yeah. new level of discipline. And it's not getting touched by the education department to teach children. I'm sorry, I'm making a statement
2: now and I might be about it. By, by, by. But you, you now you're touching now you're touching my heartstrings because what we're doing now is uh, and that that's what I'm really passionate about is uh, the entrepreneurship development programs, and we currently have we we so blessed and and uh, by the way it's it's Christians running the program, but it's a it's a it's actually a governmental initiative, taking uh, students here from the uh, TVET colleges that completed diplomas and we're putting them in a new venture creation program, an entrepreneurial program. Part and parcel of that is a six month, and this is where Map for Life, and all those programs are going to take, to come in, to, uh, to mentor and coach these guys into business and in small and medium enterprises. Uh, when I left education that time, that was one of the reasons, it was to train up entrepreneurs throughout the country. And I was privileged to train more than 1,200 uh, young people in the country through a program that was uh, initiated by the ahi christopher at that time uh, africans Arnoldson uh today it's the sbi so that is really the core of this i mean uh, is training up our youngsters to become self-employed and uh we get all these comments um, and i think what one minute left, but we get all these comments yeah but 30 percent only 30 percent are you know, businesses or startups are successful. What about the other 70 percent? So it's a very simple calculation. So if you say thirty percent is successful out of one hundred, thirty businesses will be will be created. Uh, and if we have uh, in if we train a thousand, it means three hundred businesses. And and those seventy percent, that seventy percent that will not be successful, can be employed by the successful. Business entrepreneurs, so it's a very simple exercise. So train more and get more young people employed and get them working for themselves.
1: Um, Peter, before you go, sorry, Johan. I think this is such important. I'm I'm very worried that we are going to rush the discussion now. Um, yeah. Can Can I ask? Can I ask? Um, so next week I've got uh, uh, Justice uh, speaking to us on on Thursday morning with their program. But the Thursday morning after that, can you have a look? And I don't want to put you on a spot. I just I had to. I forgot to warn you yesterday that when you um, when when you join uh, in on this group, you're going to be put on the spot. But um, uh, uh, maybe not this Thursday, but next Thursday, let's discuss self-employment in entrepreneurship because it is it is the solution to a huge amount of of the problems. Because you actually gave the answer. The 30% that make it will employ the 70% that didn't make it. But, and I'm asking a question, and I don't need to answer for it now because I want us to discuss it uh, if you're available. Uh, My feeling is that 70% that didn't make it, half of those didn't make it because of the simplest little things. They overlooked, um, didn't do the cash flow planning properly, Some things that could have been taught very easily, very basic stuff, but they yes. just didn't know it, and they didn't make it. They couldn't go long enough to to get through the learning curve. Because remember, if you work with your own money, you learn much faster than yes. if you learn with somebody yeah. else's money. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so so we, we'll have a chat about seeing if you're available, and I think that would be a very valuable uh, meeting. Um, so, uh, Peter, I um, I interrupted. Sorry, please ask your question.
4: No, it's not a problem. Um. I work with, uh, uh, for Johan's benefit, I work with the ministry of of young people, 18 to 24, uh, throwaway youngsters, all of them from Foster, off the streets, out of rehab and so forth. And we try to, we do introduce them to programs like Work for a Living. But some of them, menso, before a man can start, a business. He needs to be a man who is is healthy in his self-esteem. And he has to be teachable. And he has to be honest. And one of the things we are finding with this bunch of, of youngsters, because they're 18 to 24, they know everything. They are unteachable. They are entitled beyond. and uh, And so many of them fail the work for a living program. And the people send them back saying, Nia Yekandio Nuxleer, he's so entitled, it's his own worst enemy. And so before we can put valuable skills and uh, venture capital and all that kind of stuff into their hands, we've got to make sure their hands are ready to hold that stuff. And so that's a that's a pre-level to the discussion of two weeks time. You see, Uh, how do we? Because every every adult that comes and and speaks to them is not just another adult talking at us, not talking to us, not talking and walking with us but talking to us. And so how do we know that you with your Jesus uh, is truth? You see, because truth is relative to to so many people. We know truth is absolute in the word of God, but they don't know that. They don't have that uh, framework. And so, I mean, even the last point from my wife, she has Muslims sending their kids to her school for the for the the integrity of the Christian upbringing, but they're supposed to be Christians, so we've got Muslims going to pastors getting letters calling them Christians, so they they produce the letters so their kid can come in and I know I the hell Lords because now you're going to you're going to refute Allah and all this kind of stuff, and it causes a mock at their homes and mm-hmm. so this is we need to realize this is going to be a magnificent adventure there's no way we can do this mm-hmm. it has to be the holy spirit and yeah. it will be the holy spirit and, and then, so, man i'm in for the adventure you vet. let it <laughs> bring it on lord bring it on
1: yeah, Thank yeah. You, Thank you. so so i want to make a statement uh, because you 're absolutely right at eighteen it is it is you know you only become human again when you 're thirty um, so the uh, self employment or entrepreneurs gets developed between twelve and sixteen that 's something I believe and i re- I read a, a interview with um with Warren Buffett one day, and the interviewer asked him so um, what is your biggest regret in life and he answered. I started too late in my life to start buying property. Okay. And then later in the interview, she asked him, so when did you buy your first property? He said, when I was 14. So, so you understand that. Um, and, he, and he bought his first property by selling newspapers from his bicycle. Right. So that is my point, you know. And and I mean, he's the top, top, top three richest men in the world. And I mean, uh, business is not about becoming rich. It is about fulfillment. Um, but the point is, we need to get the guys to become entrepreneurs when they are between 12 and 16. If they want to start at 18, you've lost it. You know, they, their minds are not working well. Uh, Chris, Chris, you've got to go good... back
4: We're back to fatherlessness again.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Please go ahead, Chris.
0: Yes, um, I just want to say something. Um I was in um how can I say in my late 40s 50s um when I was retrenched from Telkom and um I moved back to Cape Town and um you know my brother had had a business he he's actually a businessman but he had uh, he was he, he's a broker he was a broker but he also had apartments that he rented out uh, on a day-to-day basis But he couldn't um, put all his effort and time into these apartments as self-catering, you know, as a business. And it was basically bankrupt. And he gave me the opportunity to build this business out. Now, at the age of 50, I had no experience about business. Um, You know, you were in a uh, protected environment if you work for government or you work for telecom. But... The thing is, um, it is so important what what Peter said, that uh, we must be led by the Holy Spirit as well. And that's what I call the X factor. And that's the Holy Spirit factor. I can remember in the beginning of the business, I had no clue how to let this business uh, grow. And that was um, in the years when they started with the websites, you know, when the website things started coming in, Put your accommodation on websites, but it was right in the beginning. Yeah. So um, I was sitting in my office one day and I was praying and I said, Father, how am I gonna, what am I gonna do with this business? This is an opportunity that has come my way. It's bankrupt. I don't know how to let this business grow. And I heard the Holy Spirit clearly speak to me. He said, Do what you must do. Simple words, do what you must do. And there was two things I had to do and I enjoyed doing it. Uh, Put my accommodation on websites and send out those years. You could still send out newsletters. Now it's a bit difficult, but um, that's what I did. And the business just started growing. When we sold the business, we had 19 apartments. We built it out from 12 to 19 apartments and it was a highly successful business. So this is what i say. Um You can teach people a lot about entrepreneurship, which is important, but we need the x factor, and that is the holy spirit. I thought I just okay. want to share
2: that with you yeah okay. uh, sorry guys, I need to go um but uh thanks for Chris for that and this is exactly what we try and do different in our trainings is we bring the kingdom perspective in um because I honestly believe um you can run a business if the Lord is the CEO of your, of your company, your business. So cheers, guys. Sorry, I have, I really have appointments, believe it or not, um, as a retiree. But uh, it's good to be on the <laughs> platform. Thank you, guys, for, for allowing me uh, in, into your family. And hopefully we'll see each other soon. Thank you, Minza. Thank you to yes, all. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. you on. We'll speak again. Thank you.
1: Um, what a valuable discussion we're having this morning, guys. I'm looking forward to our next discussion on self-employment uh, because that is such a you know uh, uh, Chris um there's a there's a point that you touched now. when there's a business bankrupt right I'm fearful that a lot of people give up before before uh, before the time because I think that's what you're actually telling us the business was maybe not at cash flow but you could resurrect it yeah and 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 then is that is that then a bankrupt business? I mean, obviously there's a there's a financial term uh, or an a, 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 a accountancy term, bankrupt. But when does the business stop? I mean, when do you stop trying? And, and I mean, it's a, that's an important point also to understand. When do you stop trying and say, okay, this is not going to work. You know, let me, let me not kill myself for this business. But uh, I remember when I started my business three years ago, I couldn't pay wages. One Friday, so what I did was I took my little belongings, my my shoes, my 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 sound system. You know, when you're when you're a 22 year old man or boy, you uh, your sound system is uh, important to you. I took my sound system, my shoes, and whatever. and I went to the pawn shop and I pawned it, and I got money to uh, to pay my wages. But I love to to fight another day. You know, so when is when is it done? When is it over? And I'm I'm you know it's an important discussion to have when. What happens to that seventy percent that doesn't make it? Do they give up too soon? Do they not have the skill set? Do they not have the knowledge? Are they not asking god i mean uh, Joan made a statement now saying it can work if you do business with God's wisdom. I want to turn that statement around can you Can you afford not to mm-hmm. You know do you think you can do it yourself? How arrogant are you you know um any case. Um I think let's call it today for, for 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 this meeting and then um we continue this this discussion uh, two weeks from now. I'll just check with you on if he's available. But I think it's uh really valuable. Atman, in your area, I mean that is the quickest way out of poverty is teaching the guys to do business. <clears throat> you know, self employment, small business. I'm not talking about only selling oranges on the corner of the there's many, many Clever things that can be done. Uh, I have to tell you, every morning between three and four, I start a new business in my head. You know, the the the, the, the 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 disappointment of the previous day turns into a business plan for the next day. Not that I do it because I don't have the time for it, but uh, you know, um, there is a good place to start a new business. See where you're disappointed in your environment or your new area, and fix it. Fix it. Anyway, anybody want? anybody else. A lot of food
4: for thought, eh? A lot of food for thought. As jaydan alai gedachtes kre, then your mentoring should be lighting the sparks of these 70 percenters. You know, that type of. Because you're already down the road that they're hoping to walk on. And so it has to be. Like that, that we look for somebody who's further down the road you're on and then you let them pull you up, you know. Like if you play league squash, you never challenge those below you on the ladder, you challenge the guys above you on the ladder. And uh, so very interesting, how do we get those thoughts to the people? I just wanted to share, I was just reminded now at this camp over the weekend, we had a guy there with uh off beer and he, he had one of these uh, a false leg piece and talking about getting business ideas, I was watching him and the idea came f- to me for a business that we can put a dynamo into his false leg and uh, so he can charge his phone and his laptop while he's walking, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's a business anywhere. You find a need and meet it. You just walk <clears throat> around your your area and you'll see a need. You know, somebody's not cutting grass or somebody's not providing security cameras or whatever, you know. That. Anyway. Thanks for this morning Bye
0: Can I can focus. I just quickly yeah. say just to to close off just quickly uh talking about uh, my situation when when do you, when are you actually bankrupt well, in my case specifically my brother said to me I'm going to rent the places out because if you go under a certain amount turnover and we were heading in that direction then I'm going to close the business I have got no other choice. So in my case I had to seek the lord and say listen I'm heading in that direction you know holy spirit help me and he gave me the answer. so I just wanted to share that quickly
1: Chris I do the same thing every morning I get my instructions and uh, and you won't believe it it works every time uh so <clears throat> that is a very simple one I I uh, yeah, I had the privilege of spending some time in China um rural rural china and uh, so many businesses get run from a bicycle. yeah. And uh, something that I see uh, lately that I've not seen for a while is people on bicycles. For some reason, a bicycle became a negative thing, riding a, a bicycle to work, right? And, um, and uh, I see, and, and you can go and have a look in our area. I would say 100% of the guys on bicycles are Malawians. You know, the Malawians have got over themselves that it is diminutive to ride a bicycle to to work. Uh, I think they figured out that they get hurt on the taxis because they're such gentle people, and um, and they decided they make their own plan. They take their bicycle. So in my in my <clears throat> parking area at the, at, at the factory, there's a couple of bicycles standing there. You know, and uh, it's very cool for me. Um, you know it's a big argument every time because my the tire inflator is next to where I park my car, and uh, the guys don't ro- roll up the pipes neatly and then I it scratches my car so me and the bicycle crowd are in 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 um in battle sometimes because um in afternoons before they because their tires are leaking they pump the tires quickly and they don 't roll up the the, uh, the the pipe nicely but um i'm very proud of the guys you know because they save hard. To buy bicycles, yeah, because it's a, it's a, it's a, when you come from a com- country where there's nothing, there's not even clothes for the children, owning a bicycle is a, is a <clears throat> status symbol.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Where you yeah, in South Africa, for some reason, it became a negative symbol. Yeah. I remember as a, as, as a youngster, the old uh, black gentleman with the neat hat and the feather in the hat. On the on the duck wheel bicycle, uh, pant you know the one pant leg in the sock because you don't want your pants to get stuck in the in the chain, and I thought that's very cool. You know, that's that's a gentleman. He's he's taking responsibility for his transport. He, he um, yeah. In any case, that's a long discussion all on its own. Being being a man. Being a man. It's the, the it's the theme of our talks these days. Um, yeah. In any case. Gentlemen, thank you very much for a, a great morning. I think I've got, it again, more questions than answers, but I've got lots of answers as well. So uh, it's a good place to be. Thanks for joining in, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Transformation Table, where we talk about God's business.